If you'd like to spend some time with real people with a real heart for God, we welcome you to visit us at Harvest Church in Alexandria, Virginia. Our Sunday morning services are held at 1030, and our Family Night Fellowship takes place on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Come experience God's awesome, life-changing power as we worship in His presence, fellowship with one another, commit to discipleship, and share God's love through evangelism. For more information or directions, visit HarvestNova.com. That's HarvestNova.com. Today I'd like to talk about what is your mission? What is God calling you to do? We all have a mission, right? We all, once you're saved, you're never saved just to sit and relax and say, Lord, take me to heaven when you want to and do nothing for God. God saves you for a purpose, for a plan. We all have a mission from God. And today I would like for you to try to answer that question in your own heart. What is my mission? Is it to work at the pregnancy center? Is it to give away your funds and help the poor? Is it to work in children's church or preach or teach or go on a mission trip? What is your mission? In James it says, be doers of the word, not hearers only. God never saved you so you can just sit. I hate people like that. They just sit there. I call them poinsettias. They point and set. And they go, someone needs to do that. You ever met those people? Someone needs to fix that. Someone needs to preach that. You ever met those kind of people? Maybe you're one of those people. <laughs> I, I hope not. And if you are, today we're going to change that. Because you are on a mission. God has a call on your life, just like has a call on my life. He wants us. To change the world. And that can only be done through the power of Jesus Christ. Can't do it on your own. So what is your mission? It says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God has already prepared a place for you to work in. But you have to be willing to do it. You have to be willing to go. Let's turn our Bibles to chapter uh, Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, starting in verse 1. So what are the steps... For us to find our mission in God. What will it take? Mark chapter 5 verse 1. And they went across the lake to the region of Gersenes. And when Jesus got out of the boat, a man from, with an impure spirit came from the tomb to meet him. This man lived in the tombs and no one could find him. Not even with chains, for he had often been chained hand and foot. But he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. 
When he saw Jesus from a distance, he fell, ran and fell on his knees in front of him, and he shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus has said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. And then Jesus asked, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again to send him not out of the area. And we'll stop there for a second. Everyone has a mission, but what's our first step? Our first step is to go where God calls you to go. You have to get out of the boat, and you have to go. If you look back in Mark chapter 4 and Mark chapter 3, you think that Jesus has made a terrible mistake. His popularity is growing. People are getting saved. People are getting healed. Things are moving. Revival has happened to that part of the region. And then all of a sudden, Jesus, out of nowhere, says, get into the boat, guys. We're going to go to the other side. We're going to go to the eastern sea or eastern shore of Galilee. And I'm pretty sure they're thinking, why are we going there where all the pagans live? These guys aren't even Jewish. Why would we waste our time going there? And the answer is Jesus is just concerned about the one as he has the many. And sometimes when Jesus calls you and me to do something, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense what he calls us to do sometimes. But he's not telling you to figure it out. He's telling you to go. And Jesus went. So the first thing we, is we're going to accomplish the will of God. The mission of God. I call it the mission of God. We're all on the mission. How do we accomplish the mission of God? First of all, we've got to go where God calls us to go. That's why the Great Commission, the first word says, go into all the world. Preach the gospel. And I'm pretty sure the disciples thinking, why are we going to, to these pig farmers? Because that's what they were. They were pig farmers. They had over 2,000 pigs there. And one thing about pigs, have you ever been around pigs? They stink. Let's just be blunt about it. They stink. They love to waddle in their mud, waddle, waddle, waddle. Rain Today, like, oh my goodness, today they would kill your yard if you had two or three of them in your yard. They love to dig it up, make mud. But that's where Jesus went. To see this one man that was demon-possessed, that had no hope, had no future, out of his mind, he would run around totally nude, cutting himself with stones for the one. For the one. I'm so glad God calls me to the one and to the many. And today, because he called us, today, right now, it's 82 degrees, 
sunny, beautiful sand in St. Kitts. And they're having church in that building. I had no idea when we came there, they said, hey, we got to be out by Saturday. I'm thinking, what? What do you mean you got to be out by Saturday? We got one week. But the Lord provided. The Lord gave us supernatural strength. The Lord provided the skills and everything. And within five days, we had the windows, the doors in. And today, right now, they're having church. Why? Because when you hear the call, you go. You go where he tells you. Go across the street to your neighbor. Go into your schools and witness to your friends. Tell them about Jesus. You know what? I think back to my high school days. I think about all the crazy things that, that I did. And I think about this one guy named Greg. He was one of those Jesus freaks. He was a Jesus freak, man. He'd bring his Bible to school, you know, tell you about Jesus, try to get you saved. You know, all those crazy things. But you know what? I don't remember all the other guys, but I remember him. And even though I didn't get saved in high school, I remember that young man. And I praise God for his boldness to go into the high schools and say, you can do what you want to do. You can make fun of me. You can kick me. You can spill my milk at lunchtime. You can do whatever you want. But I am going to serve Jesus. And you know what? He did. Because he was on a mission to make a difference there in Edison High School. Josue, Elias, you're on a mission. God has put you in those schools for a reason. To let your light shine in such a way that you make such a difference. You let everybody that, that, that you know and people that you don't even know that you love Jesus more than anything in the world. And they'll make fun. And they may even try to punch you and kick you. But stand up for Jesus. There's nothing like it in the world. What's our next step? Okay, we're getting out of the boat. We're going on. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid and expect resistance. That's the two things. Don't be afraid and expect resistance. Because that's what happens when we do the mission of God. When we do the will of God, you will have resistance Fear will try to come into your life. It'll try to stop you from doing what God has called you to do. But don't be afraid. When Jesus got out of the boat, this crazy man ran up to him, right? Says that no chains could bound him. He could break the chains. He had supernatural strength. He could have easily killed every one of those disciples. But Jesus was not afraid. And what resistance did Jesus have? If, if you read Mark chapter 4, you see that he was in the boat trying to get over across the sea. And what happens? A great storm rises up and it almost sinks the boat. Peter comes down inside the boat where Jesus is. He's sound asleep and he tells Jesus, Don't you care that we perish? Grab a bucket, start bailing. We're going down. 
And what did Jesus do? He gets out of the, the deck of the boat, gets up top there, and he says, peace, be still. All of a sudden, the rain stopped. The wind stopped. The wave stopped. And the disciples said, what manner of man is this? We knew he was a good guy. We knew he could heal people, but even the wind and the waves and the sea obey him? Wow. Don't be afraid. Fear can stop you in your tracks. Second Timothy says this, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but that of power and love and a sound mind. In the Word of God, it has these two words mentioned over 300 times. Fear not. Fear not, for I am with you. So whatever God has called you to do, he may call you to quit your job and become a pastor. I don't know. He may call you to quit your job and become a missionary. He may even call you to do children's church, which is very dangerous. <laughs> it's very dangerous. I know you think your kids are little angels. I'm down there. I know. I have, I have experienced that. Whatever the call is, you do it for the Lord. Fear not. So don't be afraid. And expect resistance. We started this little church in St. Kitts five years ago. Five years ago, we went down there and we looked at the piece of property that we were going to buy in the town. Everything looked great. The lawyer said, we met with the lawyer. He said, yeah, we need $70,000. The church raised their $70,000 in their little church there. They gave the money to the lawyer. There were squatters on the land. The lawyer said, don't worry about that. We'll get the squatters off the land. We'll tear it down and we'll bulldoze it for you. It'll be ready to go to build the church. No problem. I said, okay, yeah, let's do this. Then all of a sudden, about a week before we were supposed to go, they started to tear down those buildings and they come to find out that the lawyer didn't have the proper deed. He had took their $70,000 and he was gone. Resistance. Expect it. But the great thing about resistance is Jesus Christ said, I have overcome the world. He overcomes all those things that come against us. And even though they didn't build a church where they thought they were going to build it, they have a beautiful building today. And we're going to go back in about a year now to help finish, the Lord willing. And yet, even today, they're still paying taxes on that piece of property because they believe God's going to give them that piece of property. And they already have prepared to put a youth center right there in the middle of town. God has a plan. So don't be afraid. 
Don't be afraid. What is God calling you to do? Maybe he's calling you today to sign up with Dave and Linda. And I can guarantee you, you will get hot and sweaty and you will love every minute of it. Right, Brother Nick? You will love every minute of it. But I don't know what he's called you to do. But I know one thing. Obey the call. And if you do that, everything gets done. What's the third thing that we need to expect when we follow the Lord Jesus Christ? I expect God to move. And that's exactly what God did during that time. Expect Jesus to do something. See, because it says that God is with you. Jesus is with you. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. What I've called you to do, I will equip you to do it, and you will be able to do it. When you look at the Bible, you see time and time again when he calls somebody, what was their first response? Almost every time. I can't do it, Lord. <laughs> I can't speak. I'm afraid. I can't. I can't go. I can't do. But as the Lord began to work on their hearts, they realized with God all things are possible. All things. Expect God to move on your behalf. This demon-possessed man, when Jesus got out of the boat, it says he fell down and he kneeled down and he said, you are the Lord. You are the Son of the living God. Because Jesus went out in power. When we go out, when you go out, whatever it is, you go out in the power and the name of the Lord. You don't go in your own strength. We don't do mission trips in our own strength. I would be a fool to do that. We go in the power and the name of Jesus, and I expect God to show up. Because God says, if you will move, if you will do your part, I will do my part. When you read the story about Moses being trapped by the Red Sea, when did God open up the Red Sea? When they stepped into the water. And once they moved, the water moved. And if you're going to do something for God, and I'm going to do something for God, we've got to have that faith that will step out. Even though when we think it's crazy, even though we think we can't do this, it's impossible, I don't have the skills. If we'll do that, God will move on your behalf. And he will show you something. He'll show you that I am greater than anything on this earth. There's no weapon formed against me that can prosper. I will do it. And I loved after the pigs ran down the hill and they all drowned and the people that were taking care of the pigs went into the town and came back out and there was Jesus. And it says in verse 15, and when they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been demon-possessed by the legion of demons sitting there dressed in his right mind. 
How is that possible? For years and years and years, his friends and his family and the neighbors and all the people around that region of that area, they tried to fix him, they tried to subdue him, they tried to tame him, and nothing worked. And Jesus, with the, just his word, just one word, come out. The man now is healed. He's cleansed. He's set free through the power of God. And the great thing about this story is that we have the same power. We have the same authority. We can say, mountain, you move. We can say, rise and walk in the name of Jesus. We have the same power. We can do great, marvelous things if we will believe. You're on a mission. You're not by yourself. And God wants to do something with you and through you. But you've got to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I will do it. I will go. It says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, Now to him who can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think, according to the power that works in us. That's the type of God we serve. He, he works way beyond. We do our little part, and then God takes over and does great things. The church that we're working on in the Bahamas, God worked a miracle about a year and a half ago. We were called by the missionary, Dale Coase. He says, Dave, we got a major problem. And I said, what's the problem, Brother Dale? He said, we can't go any further in the project. We have to raise 125000 before we can do anything else. And all of a sudden, the Lord just spoke to my heart. You know, 125000 God can do that. So we put out a bunch of letters, made some phone calls, and within about 60 days, the Lord raised $125,000. I was shocked. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I was shocked. I go, wow, look at God move. Isn't it great when God moves? You step out into the water and God parts the water. That's, great. That's the greatest feeling ever. Okay, Lord, you told me to step into the water. My feet are getting wet here, Lord. Do something. And then all of a sudden, God does something, and he gets all the credit. I love serving God. Don't miss out. Serving God is the most exciting, fulfilling thing you can ever do with your life. Nothing compares. Nothing compares when you let God use you. Now, God doesn't need to use you. I can tell you that right now. He don't need you. But he chooses to use us because he knows that we will get the benefit from him. There's no joy like that when God does something with me, when I pray for somebody and they get saved. There's no other joy like that ever. There was a guy in the video. His name was Freddie from Cuba. Well-educated man, a lawyer by trade. He left Cuba because he was starving to death. No food. Came to St. Kitts. Never been in a church in his entire life. 
He was told that the government would take care of you. The government is your God. And he believed it. He believed it. And he came to church and he realized, I was told a lie my whole life. And before we left, Freddie gave his heart to Jesus. Not because I'm such a great preacher, even though I am, and you guys all know that. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> Through the power of God. And what's the last thing that we should expect when we walk out in faith and we start doing the mission of God? We make disciples. Today, Freddie is working on Raphael. Raphael, the short little guy in our video there, who was a non-believer, also from Cuba. When we were there six months ago, Raphael would not come to church. You could beg him, you could pay him, he wouldn't come to church. He's not coming. He would tell you, I'm not coming to church. And while we were there, he was in church, hearing the word of God breaking him down little by little, seeing us, ministering to him, praying for him. And I believe next time we come back, Raphael will be a new man in Jesus Christ because he's going to get the gospel every day. And his word will not return void. Make disciples. Verse 18, it says this. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged him to go with him. And Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the ten cities how much Jesus had done for him. And the people were amazed. When you look at this, you think, Jesus, you just made a terrible mistake. This guy has only been saved for a couple hours, and you're telling him, you can't come with me. You don't need me to preach to you. You don't need me to teach you. You're going to go and win other people to me. We think, well, you have to go to Bible school. You have to be discipled, which we should disciple people. But for some reason, Jesus knew that this man had all he needed. He had two things going for him. First of all, he had a heck of a testimony. Look at my scars. You know where I used to be. You know where I used to live. You know where I come from. Now look what Jesus has done for me. The second thing he had going for him, he knew who Jesus really was. He knew more than the disciples. The disciples knew Jesus, but they never really knew until the, later on that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. But this demon-possessed man knew that. The demons told him. They bowed down and they fled. 
And this demon-possessed man who was set free went from city to city, amazing people. And we have no idea how many people came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. But I know one thing. He was a disciple for Jesus probably every day of his life. I know I would be. Make disciples. That's what this church is all about. We're here for one purpose, and that's to make disciples. That's why we do our outreaches. That's why we feed the homeless. That's why we, we have the, the Easter egg hunt. We don't do it because we like Easter eggs. Believe me. We do it for one purpose, for souls. We do it that someone will come in here that doesn't know Jesus will realize that, hey, those Christians are not as crazy as I thought. Like I've always said, there's two reasons why people don't come to church. One reason is they don't know any Christians. The second reason is because they know Christians. That's why they don't come. Amen? Amen? The church has got a bad rap. We've got a lot of bad publicity we have to overcome. But if we will go out in the highways and the byways and compel them to come in, this place will be full. 20 years ago, the way it used to work, you build a church, put up a sign, people would come. Those days are gone forever. People are terrified of churches. That's where those crazy people go. That's where those people go that are so hypocritical of everybody. They want to judge everybody. A lot of bad publicity. We have to show the world that Christians aren't like that at all. We're loving. We're caring. We are worried about your eternal salvation because one day Jesus is going to come back to this earth and it will be too late for you. That's why we do what we do. Because there's only two places and we want to take as many people as we can to heaven with us. So how do we fulfill the mission of God? We step out in faith. Not be afraid. Expect God to move. Make disciples. And you know what? God will. And he will use you. He will use me. We met the other day with a missionary from Cuba. I can't tell you his name. Because it's illegal to have missionaries in Cuba. So he, he told me not to say his name. And in Cuba, you're not allowed to build a churches. You can't build churches there because we were hoping that we could go maybe hook up with him later on and build some churches in Cuba. But that, that's totally gone now. It's illegal. You can't build churches. So what he does, he meets with pastors and he sends them out sends him out to these little villages and he, buy, he buys houses. He buys houses. You say, wow, how does he afford that? You can buy a house in Cuba for like 1600 bucks, so it's not a lot of money. And what they do, it's legal to have a Bible study in your house. It's all legal. You're not trying to, you don't, have, you don't put up no crosses, you don't do any of that stuff, but you can have a Bible study in your house. 
So what he does, he sends these pastors out all over Cuba, and they use their house as a church. On Sunday morning, they take all their furniture and they put it out in the yard, put their pews up, which they have around back, just like this, made out of wood. And they have their Bible study. And this one pastor who's only been a pastor for about eight months, he has over 75 people in his house. Unbelievable. And I don't know if you ever get a chance to go, but if you've ever been to a worship service in Cuba, it is unbelievable. Every house church we went when we were there, four orchestra. I thought I was watching Ricky and Ricky Ricardo. I love Lucy. I mean, trumpets and tribones and drums and cymbals and all the other stuff. I don't even know what they are. And you talk about praise and worship, and they're loud. I mean, they are loud. So even if you don't want to come to church, you still hear the gospel miles away. <laughs> but we're having a Bible study. The mission of God. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says, God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times may abound in every good work. I've learned something over the years about God. When he calls, he equips you. When Jesus called this demon-possessed man, he equipped him and he went out to those ten cities and he made a difference. A lot of times we don't think we're qualified. And the answer is, you're not qualified. But with God, I'm qualified. He equips me. So what are we going to do? With this mission God has placed on each one of our hearts. It may be across the street. It may be to Guatemala. Maybe to Honduras, maybe to be El Salvador, maybe to Russia, Ukraine. What are we going to do with this mission that God has called us to do? We have to go, we have to do, and we have to say what He wants us to say. <clears throat> 